Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 22 of A View to a Cocker Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Ninja Sentai Cocker Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show, we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today? Hmm? Dave? Um, are you, are yeah. you there? <laughs> uh, yes. Physically... Physically and uh, spiritually, Matt, I am totally present. I am at the top. I am at like the top of the sickness roller coaster. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not sick right now, but I can feel it. Like I've got, oh, maybe like an hour and a half before this thing comes down like a ton of bricks. Okay, well, then let us not yeah. dawdle. <laughs> I was going to say, we are, we are 100% racing the clock on finishing this episode of this podcast. <laughs> okay, so with that in mind, Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? So, our first star of the week, Matt, is... Hi, Kat. How are you? Our first star of the week, Matt, is that Highlander. Highlander is getting a reboot. Now, normally, listen... I'm not always a huge fan of reboots. Oh, sure. I don't I don't have like a constitutional opposition, but sometimes it's like, why did you bother to reboot that movie? Like I just heard that they're trying to reboot, not reboot. They're trying to like redo Mary Poppins. That's insane. That movie already stars Julie Andrews and Dick Van Dyke. Like there's no reason to remake Mary Poppins. Well, that's true, Dave, except that Lin-Manuel Miranda is going to be in the uh, the new one. So it might actually be very good. Okay, I'm not going to say that it's going to be bad, but the original movie, Matt, is practically perfect in every way. That's true, so... that's true. Like, I love Jackie Chan more than I love, you know, most people that I know in real life, but we did not need a remake of The Karate Kid. Exactly. But they are redoing, they're making a new Highlander movie, and here's why I'm excited about it. For, okay, here's, there's two reasons I'm excited about it. First, this dude loves Highlander. I know I'm blowing your minds. You never would have guessed. I love Highlander. Dude, it's Highlander Sword Fight the movie. It's amazing. Yeah. But here's the really cool part is that the reboot is being directed by the dude who, whose name I can't remember, but it's being directed by the dude who directed John Wick and John Wick Chapter 2. Oh, dude. I, I have not seen those movies yet, but everything I have heard uh, about them makes it sound like I desperately need to. Yeah, you super, super do need to... I mean, like, the plot isn't anything amazing. It's like the... It's the retired badass plot line. Like, he was so crazy, and then he retired because he, like, fell in love, and then the woman died, and then he's back in action, and now he's, like, just... Yeah, Keanu yeah, yeah, Reeves yeah. just just shoots, like, a thousand men. Like, just... Uh, but the action is amazing, because what I found out, because I was reading this, like, little article about it, the dude who is the director, and I feel bad I should look up his name. I'm not going to, but I should. I just... I wanted to acknowledge that I should do that. Right, right. That dude got his start in Hollywood as a stuntman. Like, that is his primary thing, is that he's a stuntman, and then he started directing movies. Oh, cool. And, like, it shows. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And like I said, since since Highlander is effectively sword fight the movie. Oh, action, dude, it's. I mean, it is sword fight the movie. Action choreography has just gotten better. It's just gotten better over the last, I don't know, thirty years. I dude, okay. So you you mentioned this to me earlier in the week, and I thought, you know what, I should do. I should start watching Highlander the series. Heck yeah, you should. Um, the show's so good. And so I watched the first. I just sat down one night and I watched like the first four episodes of Highlander. Um, nice, dude. Listen, I know that you don't have time for it. Um, and I might not even have time for it. But when I was watching that show, I thought, dudes, I really, really would love to do another podcast where it's this show, but with Highlander instead of Super Sentai and just watch all through Highlander. That would be pretty amazing. I don't know, man. Maybe we can get together when I have a little more time and do like bonus stuff. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. What if... I, we did not talk about this before we started recording, so I am literally just saying this on the air right now. Um, and maybe Mark will cut it out if it sounds like a horrible idea. So if you have heard this far, then at least it's been vetted by one guy. Um, <laughs> if we, because we've been talking about starting a Patreon, what if we set like a we monthly have- Highlander sub show as a Patreon goal? Huh? Uh, can I talk you into uh, it that way? We may be able to. We may be able to make that happen. I can see that. I can dig that. Okay, so I can dig that. No, no promises, but if you hear something from me later on down the line that we're doing "Live and Let Highlander," like you will know that. <laughs> um, dude, Adrian Paul, the dude who plays the Highlander in the Highlander TV show, not the movies. Duncan McLeod, not Adrian Paul. McLeod. Yeah, thank you. Oh, Adrian the Clan Paul. McLeod. Does a naturally a <laughs> he does he does something called the sword experience. Well, that sounds great. Yeah, and what it is is, as far as I can tell, it is basically a stage combat course, like intro course that he teaches at cons. So, like, if you go to like Origins or something, Adrian Paul will be there potentially doing the sword experience, which is. You get to sw- swing for dead swords with Adrian Paul, <laughs> and it's uh, it's uh, the best part about it is for that I've seen is that he does a video like the the promo video for it. Like, just go to the Sword Experience, I think the SwordExperience dot com, and you can watch the promo video. And the promo video is just Adrian Paul like sitting and like like meditating, right? Uh-huh. And he's sort of. He is narrating his own, he's doing like a voiceover of his own thoughts that are like leading him to create and come up with the name The Sword Experience. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, man, I love Adrian Paul. I love Adrian Paul. I love the Highlanders. Uh, That dude has an acting career that I think most acting professionals like fantasize about because he was in a very famous show. And it went for a number of years, and that dude makes his full time living being on like in movies, which is amazing. Dude, and so went for let me be clear: six seasons, six seasons. Like that's a lot of time and a lot of episodes. So, like, let me be clear: I am not, I am not ragging on Adrian Paul in a general way, but this, <laughs> but this video is—it's not—it's not his best work. Let me say it like that. <laughs> 
Well, it's probably not his worst work because I've heard that Highlander the Source has got some problems. <laughs> but I have not seen Highlander the Source. It's, no, that's true. It's better than Highlander the Source. I can confirm that. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe someday I will watch Highlander the Source and we will talk about it. Uh, but for now, let us talk about a different thing that we have watched. Dave, what is our second star of the week? So our second star of the week is we didn't go watch John Wick Chapter 2 because our mom is visiting and she didn't want to see she didn't want to see John Wick Chapter 2. Well, she hadn't seen is, John Wick Chapter 1 and she really thought she'd be lost. Yeah, that's she would have been cuz you you really need to have it established like how many dudes John Wick is capable of shooting or else the second movie doesn't make any sense. Sure. But what we did go see was Lego Batman 2, which was fantastic. Lego Batman the movie, not Lego Batman 2. We did not get into a Sorry. secret screening of a future movie. <laughs> that we can talk about. So we did go see Lego Batman the movie. And it was really... Okay, first of all, it was tons of fun. It was very fun. It was very funny. They made some... Like, some deep Batman cuts, you guys. Like, real deep. Oh, yeah. It was... And what was funny is that, like, we were sort of split up in the theater. You were sitting with uh, Beth and I was sitting with our mom. And as they were going through, like, a bunch of deep cuts, at some point they say, like, this is all real stuff that we didn't just make up. And I leaned over to mom and I said, yeah, that's true. Like, these are all real characters. And she was incredulous <laughs> that, <laughs> she was like, that any that of those things could have actually happened that in can't a be comic true. book. And we were like, no, no, no. Nope. Nope, Egg, Eggs, Egghead, is that the guy's name? Yep, Condiment King, he was yeah. up in that business. Condiment King, that dude was there. Zebra Man, that dude was there. Calendar Man, that dude was there. Just a lot of dudes. A lot of man. Just a lot of dudes were there. But here I think, Matt, is the best thing about Lego Batman, is that within the pastiche of the fact that it is a Lego movie, and they kind of have their own, they are starting to establish their own vibe now, now that they've got a second Lego movie. And it's a fun sort of like tongue-in-cheek, jokey vibe. Fun for kids, fun for parents, great for the whole family. Sure, sure, sure. Style of entertainment. A lot like those Lego video games. A lot like those Lego video games. But like inside the context of that thing, they managed to make like a really legitimately good Batman movie. Yeah, like a really fun, good, heartfelt Batman movie in which Batman, like, it is important to this story that Batman has friends and people that he works with and that that makes his life better. And, yeah, like, I did not expect maybe that level of uh, Batman insight, of Bat insight, into, like, in a Lego movie. I just assumed that it was going to be, like, fun and goofy. But then I, we were watching, I was like, nah, man, like, if you've read some Batman comics... This movie makes a ton of sense, and whoever made it clearly has also read a bunch of Batman comics. Yeah, it was great. It was tons of fun. I mean, it literally just came out. I mean, I don't know what we could do to spoil the Lego Batman movie. Um, it doesn't sort of seem like that kind of film. So, yeah. But just on the safe side, I'm not going to get into too many details. Um, but it was fun. If you like fun things, and also Batman... Um, which can be a fun thing, uh, despite what not, some movies have led you to believe. Not always, but usually. Uh, then you should go watch that movie. It was great. Listen, Robin was in that movie. It's the. I'll tell you one thing. It's the best movie featuring Robin. That's 
that's a hundred percent true. That's yeah, that's real, real true. And I don't hate those uh, Schumacher movies, but yeah, this mm. is definitely the best yeah. Robin movie. Yeah, yup, yup, definitely the best Robin movie. Uh, anyway, that's all. That's all I got to say on that. <laughs> Uh, but speaking of things that happened to us at the theater, Dave, what is our third star of the week? So our third star of the week, Matt, is kind of a black hole. So we went to the movie. We went to see Lego Batman to the movie yesterday. And we went to a matinee. So tickets were cheap. And I said, you know, man, I like almost never do this because it's highway robbery. But I'm going to get I'm going to get a drink like I'm going to get myself. I'm going to get a Coke. Right. Right. So I, I go get the, I get the Coke and it's like $5. But like uh, you know whatever, it's a movie theater. I know it's expensive. We go to the, we we're done with the movie. We're leaving and I say to myself, "You know, man, I'm going to go get, I'm going to get like some more. I'm going to go get more Coke." I go, this is a Cinemark theater, just so you know, when you're going to the movies, is a Cinemark theater, and I go up and I take the lid off my cup and I I go to hand it back to the clerk, and I say, hey, can I get a refill on Diet Coke? And the guy says, to me, me, Matt, two-time award-winning podcast host and co-host of The Greatest Show on Earth, says to me. Maybe he didn't know who you were. Maybe he didn't know who I was. Anyways, he said, oh, I'm sorry. We don't do free refills. To which I said. You're a good person, Dave. You don't deserve this kind of treatment. I know. To which I said, What? And he said, oh, we don't. Like, you could tell that he was embarrassed about it, which is appropriate. Sure, you ought to be embarrassed about it. Yeah, but he's like, we don't, we don't do free refills unless you have, like, this special cup that you, you bought. And I was like, you don't, you just don't. Like, I was legitimately, like, I had heard the words that he said, but I was so, ast- like, who doesn't do free refills? Like, you Everybody must have misunderstood. Does. There must be some sort of breakdown in communication between yeah, yeah, yeah. the words that he's trying to say and the message that you are hearing. Yeah, like, everybody does. And here, I think, is what... Here's, I think, the thing that got me. Is that if you sell me... Like, if I go to a restaurant, it's like a small restaurant, and they serve me a drink in a can, then, like, yes, obviously, there's no refills on that bad boy. Because that's not... Sure. Like, that's not the pop economy that you're operating in. But if your pop comes out of a fountain and you don't do free refills at this point, I think, like, we as a society have an accord, Matt. Like, we have just determined that free refills are a thing. And if you don't do free refills, you are, like, yeah, in some crime. way. Yeah, it's a criminal like, crime. It's a legal it's a crime. crime. When you go to jail. You are, you are preying on my assumption that there will be free refills. Because, like, you didn't tell me, like, oh, hey, just so you know, just so you know, those don't, those, that doesn't come with free refills. It's like if you bought tires and they were like, oh, yeah, 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 it will be another, like, $30 to fill those tires with air. That's insane. Tires come with air, pop comes with free refills. And I was just so, like, I legitimately had to talk, like, I wasn't going to yell at the kid because he's obviously, he's like a 17-year-old who doesn't know who I am. Right. But, like, as I was walking out of the theater, I legitimately had to, like, like, like count to ten and, like, talk myself down from being furious. And not I want to be clear a- about something to our listeners. You are not a big soda pop drinking man. This no, is no, not no. like you had to get your fix. 
Listen, Dave, America means a lot of things to a lot of people. And most of those interpretations of what this great country of ours, like, means in their hearts are true and valid. And I don't want to take one over the other, right? But I think that there's one thing that all of those, you know, in the Venn diagram of what does America mean to you, I think the one connecting point in all of those different worldviews is that you get at least one free refill on your fountain. Minimum. Minimum one free refill. It was monstrous. So, I don't know. Shame on you, Cinemark Theaters, I guess. I mean, I'm still going to go because it's like the best theater in Cleveland. It's so great. But I'm not buying drinks anymore. Screw you guys. What, Matt, is our fourth star of the week? The fourth star of the week, Dave, is that um, I am... You know what I'm trying to do, Dave? What are you trying to do? In my day to day, I am, you know, it's 2017. I'm trying to to be excellent to other people. Mm -hmm. That's our goal. But another thing I'm trying to do is I'm trying to be excellent to myself. Listen, man, it starts at home. It starts at home. You know, be the change you want to see in the world (laughs) to yourself, I guess. (laughs) Anyway, I joined the YMCA. um, Oh, yeah, good. Because. I had previously been, like, I had joined one of those other gyms that, like, is cheaper but does not have a pool. And I realized after a year of that, like, I wasn't going because what I actually wanted was a place with a pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, swimming is the best. Because uh, I don't know if we ever talked about it in the show, but Dave and I, when we were coming up, we swam, like, all the time. That was our sort of steady form of exercise and sporting engagement. Yeah. And listen, I, I, I wasn't great at it. But I was good. You know, yeah. I, I, I won some stuff sometimes. And so it's the one thing that, like, I really feel, like, confident about, like, as regards <laughs> exercise. Because <laughs> you know how, like, you don't want to go on the treadmill and, like, you don't want to be out, like, running in public until you've already been running long enough that it kind of looks like you know what you're doing? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's no precisely. way to bridge that gap. Without just, like, running in secret in your home for a while. Right. But I've already put in the work on swimming, so I can just go to the pool and swim. I have no stamina anymore, I discovered, because I hadn't swam. I had not swam. I realized when I got in the pool, I had a very, like, uh, visceral reaction where I put my head under the water and I kicked off the wall. And I felt the pool sort of, like, attaching to my beard. And I Mm. realized that I had not gone lap swimming since I had been, like, since I grew a beard. And I have not been. Like a while. Yeah, I have not been clean shaven since um, at least 2008. So it's been a couple of years since I've gone (laughs) lap swimming. And my dude, my body felt it. Like, I remembered how to make, like, the appropriate motions to like propel myself through the water but when i got out of the pool half an hour later i was like wrecked (laughs) well no that's great man i am uh i'm excited for you that you are doing that thing that's real real cool thank you oh 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 one one thing one incredible device that has been invented since my last time in the pool is that when i was in the locker room and walking out i saw like this strange mystery box attached to the wall Mm. and i looked at it it is a swimsuit dryer. It's like it's like a salad mm-hmm. spinner, but for your pants. For- <laughs> you just put your wet suit in there. You push down on a button. It spins it super fast, and then you pull it out, and it is dry. It's a miracle machine. No, Dave. that's brilliant. Why has nobody thought of that? 
before now. I, I mean, listen, they might have thought of it 10, 15 years ago, and I just hadn't seen one. Um, but I'm bringing that news to you, the people now. Uh, get on that. If you have wet swimsuits and happen to be walking by this box, I guess. <laughs> this is a very specific um, endorsement, but, you know. It, but it's a strong good. one. Anyway, Dave, so that's that's all I got on that. What is our fifth and final Star of the Week? So our fifth Star of the Week, Matt, is that, like I said, at the high school, we're doing much to do about nothing. It's going along super well. Very excited nice, about nice. it. The cast is really good. I, I, like, I have like this minor conundrum, though, because I have a student. I've had her for a few years in like theater. I've directed her in a number of things. She's very good. She loves theater. It's like what she wants to do when she grows up. She has an uncle who teaches theater. Her grandparents like taught theater. Her mom did theater. This is like a multi-generational like theater performing family, right? Gotcha. And so we're doing Shakespeare, which is like, you know, it can be challenging. And this girl, I won't say her name, but this young lady, she's like, she's very good. Like she gets it in a way that takes a while of like exposure and study to get. And so when the kids are rehearsing, like if I'm talking to somebody else, she will say, like she will mention to someone with whom she is on stage, like, oh, hey, like, why don't you do like X or Y or Z or like try this thing or whatever? And a part of me is like, ooh, L is the first letter of her name. Like, ooh, L, you should probably, like you are also a student, you should probably like not be like volunteering advice and critique of other students. Right. That is not like super cool etiquette wise. Yeah. But on the other hand, she's right like 90% <laughs> of the time. Like she's really good. It's just like, well, that's, I was going to say that. Yeah. So, ah, huh. like if it was in class, it would be much easier, but it's like a club and like we're all just like we're there and we're working on it. And so... <laughs> And, you know, she gets out with the other kids. So that's my thing. I just don't know what to do with this bright, with this bright, like, Shakespeare-loving student. Uh, precocious teens, Dave. Precocious teens. They're always uh, hard to keep track of. But, Dave, speaking of precocious teens. Dad, that was smooth. That was real. Us, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'd like to thank, uh, I'd like to thank uh, my, my family, you know, the fans. The Academy. The them. I, I really appreciate the Academy. You know, it was just such an honor to be nominated for best uh, best transition of the year. Um, anyway, Dave, we're gonna watch episode twenty two of Ninja Sentai Kaka Ranger. It is called "I'll Make You Laugh," and we will be right back. Ninja, ninja. Okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode twenty two. I'll make you laugh. Uh, Dave, did this episode make you laugh? It did. They did a great job. I'm good. I, I'm glad to know that they didn't lie to you. <laughs> that we can now move on uh, unimpaired by that. I meant to say unimpaired, and then I was going to say unimpeded, and it kind of became a combination of both of those words that didn't mean anything specific. Uh, so let's move on from that before I uh, dwell on it for too much longer and feel like a real silly person. Yeah, if we talked about it much longer, I feel like you would really like get in your head about it. Yeah, and like I just what, like listen. right at the top of this segment for this show that people listen to that you just said like a real 
just like a really like dumb thing. Yeah, and I don't want to have to get, you know, stuck in a loop where I just worry like, eh, should we restart the episode? Should we have Mark cut that out? Has it been too long? We already spent too long talking about it. I don't want to have to get into those kinds of thoughts, you know, especially right at the beginning here. Because otherwise, yeah, so, it's going to put us on a real weird turn, and uh, you are starting to feel sick, and so I feel like I might have to carry a little extra weight, and uh, that's already making me feel a little stressed out. So let's just move on before I have any of those thoughts, and just get right into episode 22, <laughs> I'll Make You Laugh. Dave, did this episode make you laugh this week? It did. It did. Yeah, this episode made me laugh, man. Oh, I'm so glad job. that we can move on and talk about it now, unimpeded by the fact that uh, that might or might not have happened. So uh, so this episode starts with Seikai. He's on a bike. He's gone shopping for crepe ingredients. He's weirdly stoked about these crepe ingredients. He's hey. like listing off. The things that he bought. He's like, I'm going to make a banana crepe and a strawberry crepe and a chocolate crepe. And, and then, like, he would probably have just kept going. And a kiwi crepe. Oh, I missed that kiwi. That doesn't even sound good. So it could be I good. I'm to be real with you. Listen, so Sinkai he cares about his work, Dave. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, that's kind of true. So he's on this bike and he drives past a Dutch windmill, which, sure, why not? And there is a girl driving. I see a girl, a woman. She is driving, like, this golf cart car. It's, like, halfway between. It's, like, a wear golf cart. And he, like, comes alongside of her, and she, he's like, what are you doing? This car is really weird. And she says, no, get out of the way. Like, you have to leave me alone. And then he he rides the bike in front of her. But then he, like, slows down. Oh, sorry. Seikai and this car are both traveling at... Mm, Five miles an hour tops. I was going to say, that's being generous. I have it in my notes as three miles an hour. Well, you know, there wasn't an accelerometer, so I wasn't totally sure. But, yeah, they're not going fast. And so she, like, bumps Seikai's back wheel. He gets launched, like, 15 feet into a pond, and then she is knocked out. This, yeah. is this is flatly like, impossible. Like, there's no way that happened. Yeah, and, and listen, was Seikai being irresponsible by, like, riding his bike up alongside a car and then getting in front of it? Yes. Yes, he was. On the other hand, I'm going to put it at a 0% chance that this woman is a licensed driver, because if she was, she would have been able to find, I don't know, a brake pedal. So when this happens, all these these three young kids come running up and they're just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what's going on? Like, Maiko, are you okay? And they like managed to shake her awake. After her traumatic, contract. traumatic car crash. Yeah. Oh, by the and way, then what we f- when, when this car crashed, a like the big panel that was on top of it, it's a, there was a solar panel sitting on top of this car, um, like falls off in a heap of like panels and wires. And so Senkai gets up out of the water, and he's like, what is going on? Like, are you okay? You know, I'm so sorry. And what we find out is that this lady, Maiko, and these three young boys, who are never given names, are developing a solar car. This is their, in like her garage, as far as I can tell. And this crash has just obliterated, just obliterated the solar panel. There's nothing left of it. It is, it's gone it is as though they found a solar panel 
just sitting around like in like a I don't know a solar <laughs> car junkyard, and decided to like place it gingerly on top of a golf cart, and that is the extent of their like inventing capabilities. Um, Sekai though is very impressed with this. He says, "You." are a female Edison. And he turns to the kids like, like, and you are all little Edisons. Like, this is incredible. Like, I'm going to help you achieve your dreams. Now, it is important to note that we this is Seikai that we're talking about. And if you do not recall from previous episodes, Seikai is... Seikai and Saizo both, I guess. But Seikai is super girl crazy. So he doesn't actually... Like, let's be clear. Seikai does not care about solar technology, what he cares about is that there is a lady with whom he could maybe like get in good if he helps her out. So, right, and I think he's genuine, genuinely taken by this girl and these three kids. You know, like he wants to, like he doesn't know or care about solar technology, but he does want to make them happy. Yeah, he digs them. No, I, I guess let's let's do a brief digression here, Dave, because Please. when they're what they have like a poster on their wall that says like dream solar car and it has a, a drawing like a crude drawing of a solar right. car and yeah they clearly put one of the the young boys in charge of the poster oh, this yeah. is not this is not like a funded operation this is like okay if you were not around during this part of the 90s or not sort of like aware of things that would be Anything. in like a national geographic junior magazine at the time solar cars mm, i strong. feel like were a big deal at the time yeah super big deal they're still sort of like pretty big deal like we're working on it as like a thing kind of yeah but like in the early 90s i felt as though people thought like we are on the cusp of yeah, like, like that we being are... the next big thing this is before hybrids and like electric cars and teslas and stuff <laughs> and so you would just see like hey we've made a new solar car it's 20 feet long and shaped like a weird teardrop and it's got like three tiny wheels and we managed to drive it for 40 minutes in a desert so you know you should be able to buy one of these next year like we're basically there we're basically there we pretty much got it down you guys it's amazing so, so <laughs> anyway i just wanted so to reminisce like... about solar cars for a second there yeah, so we find, so next, what we see is the narrator, and the narrator is, like, he starts talking about something, like, just being like, oh, that wacky seikai, and then gas starts, like, flowing in around him, and he starts laughing uproariously, so clearly it's laughing gas, because that is how laughing gas works on TV, it doesn't work like that in real life. Uh, but anyways, so he goes, so he loses Dave, it. if it didn't work like that in real life, why would they call it laughing gas? Matt, the answer to that is not funny. So I'm just going to skip it. Oh, okay. So we well, never there. mind then. <laughs> it's not like awful. It's just like, well, you know, just like, you know, gives you the giggles. It's not. Oh, I, th I thought we were going to start going into a dark place. Let's just move on. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> it's not like horrifying it's just not actively funny so we go from there to a hospital and everybody in the hospital is like also losing it the doctor turns to one of the patients and is trying to calm them down and says if you keep laughing you'll die which i'm not maybe that's a thing the it works for the joker i guess 
Well, okay, I couldn't figure out if these people had been brought to the hospital because they were laughing, or if they were already in the hospital with, like, grievous injuries, and then they started laughing. Because if yeah, it was the latter, then they clear. could be, like, ripping their stitches and stuff. The other thing that we see is out in a parking lot, there is someone driving, and they start to laugh. And then they, like, oh, drive, this is incredible. They drive off camera, and then you hear, like, a crash, and you see a door, like, a door from the car sort of, like, fly back. And then you see another car drive back onto camera with the first car sitting on top of it somehow. I don't, yeah, I'm not sure how laughing got it up there, but it did. Dave, the power of laughter can, listen, it can solve any problem, it can heal all wounds, and it can lift a car. So... It's been flashing back and forth between these people laughing uproariously and this just like a canister that's in like a parking lot that's spewing gas. Surahime runs up. She grabs the canister, just stuffs it in like a plastic grocery bag and then hops on a one of the shark cycles. Shark cycles? Shark fighters? Street sharks? I mean, they are the, called again? the shark motorcycles. Yeah, the shark motorcycles. The shark sickles. That makes it sound like a different thing. Like a, like a delicious frozen treat. Yeah, or like a shark that hangs from the eaves of your roof in the winter. So anyways, she gets on this bike, and they're like, we gotta go, and all the rangers are there. And then well, they Seikai show is up not at like there. the... Oh, that's right, sorry. Seikai is not there. So they show up at the train, the train tracks. They're like, Surahime, throw it. And so she throws this canister just onto the train tracks... Which, if you want the gas to not come out of it, is a bad place for it. Anyway, the, the, the canister explodes, explodes out of the bag, and now we are faced with this week's yokai, Enra Enra. And Enra Enra is like a gas monster. His, and, his body for, looks like yeah. a big gray blob that I think is meant to look like a cloud of gas. But since it's made out of, like, foam rubber, it just looks like a gray globby thing. It looks... I actually think that Enra Enra looks really, really cool. Because, like, it is gray and blobby, but you can see, like, it's definitely sculpted and carved to look as though it's, like, swirling gas. And then he also has bits of gas canister kind of, like, coming out slash embedded in his... In his Gas body, yeah, and like pipes and stuff like that, like pipe fitting. Yeah, and his gas would his be mask, of. his mask is like a grate, like a face grate or something. It's it's pretty like it's pretty cool. So he's like, "Well, I'm gonna kill you now," and the rangers say, "No," and Sasuke throws red slicer, which is his like gigantic shuriken, if you recall, and he throws red slicer at Enra, Enra and it just passes through him because. And render his gas. Like, he's made out of gas. Like, not all the time. He has, like, phasing powers. He yeah. can, like, turn into gas when he wants to. So that does not go anywhere. Jiraiya's like, well, maybe if I just, like, jump at him, that will work. It does not work. It does not. It does not. And then he he does something really cool. Enra Enra, not Jiraiya. Jiraiya just falls. Enra Enra, he, like, sprays gas at the rangers, and then out of his other arm, he's just got, like, an igniter. He's got, like, a little fire flamethrower, a fire thrower. He's got a flamethrower, and he just ignites the gas that he has just sprayed all over them, and they explode, which is, like, oh, yeah, that's a really good idea. Maybe he's got, like, natural gas powers. He just blows these dudes up. Yeah, dude. 
So we go from... So the Rangers are exploded, and then he doesn't kill them because Super Sentai. I mean, why would And he? then we see... Right. Why, possibly, once they are completely incapacitated, would you kill them? And so we go from there to the narrator, and the narrator is still losing it with the gas. Like, he can't, he can't overcome this laughing gas attack. And Enra shows up, and he's just like, I'm doing the narration this week. This is what's Amazing. up with me. And what we find out is that Enra Enra was originally a smoke fire, like a fire, like a house fire smoke and yokai. But now... But now, instead of being like a home furnace thing, he comes out of... It's basically like pollution gas. He's a great sort of Captain Planet monster. Mostly, he comes out of like car exhaust. But I think he also yes. is meant to be coming out of like, you know, industrial smokestacks and such. Yeah, that's kind of his... Yeah, you nailed it. He is... He's a Captain Planet monster. So, we go from there and we just see him like real quickly. And he's like at a busy intersection... And he is eating the exhaust coming from all these cars. He's got like a little gauge on his chest that is filling up and he's like, he's powered now. Yeah. Oh, by the way, there is a bit, I don't know if it's here or later on in the episode. Like I noticed it and wrote it down in my notes, but like sort of in the margin. So I forget where it happens, but there mm-hmm. was on the wall, like, you know how you'll go by a bank and it'll have like a big, like digital clock display that has like the time and the temperature and stuff. Uh-huh. There was one of those, but it also had, like, the percentage of, it was, like, checking how much, like, CO2 was in the air, like, parts per million. Oh. <laughs> and, like, as that number slowly started to go up, he was like, yes, we're doing it. Pollution. Hooray! Uh, and I don't know if that is, like, an actual thing that, like, used to exist or does exist. Yeah, I just thought it was really wild. So we go from there to like the solar lab thing, which is and just a shed. There, it's just a shed. The solar and shed. There's a bunch of <laughs> there's a bunch of solar powers on Nakamaru. Nakamaru, the magical cat food truck, and there's like wires going in and around him and then like plugging into a thing and they have built like a box and I had never considered this before but like Maiko has to have found uh something when she starts digging in and around Nekumaru like Nekumaru has got to just have parts that aren't there in a regular cat bus you know, she would, but again, I am I really suspect that these four don't know how to make a solar car. <laughs> and so like she just like they set up the panels on top and they plug them into like a control unit inside, and that's basically what they have going on. Or and at least so... that's what I think. But soon we will see that this is like Nekimaro will ride. Well, yeah, he will. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. It has... Right. So the other rangers arrive, and they're just like, dude, Seikai, where were you? Are you... Like, they see the girl. They see Maiko, and they're just like, dude, are you seriously hitting on a girl right now? Like, there's a yokai. We have... Like, we have business to take care of. Dude, you cannot... And Seikai is so proud of himself. He's like, we are building the dream solar-powered pollution-free car of the future. (laughs) Right. 
<laughs> and then like the girl like pops her head out of what's her name again? Maiko? Maiko. Maiko. Maiko pops her head out of Nekamaro and waves to them. And they all like they go from looking really mad at Seikai to giving like a nice polite smile and wave to her. And then like, as soon hey, as she pops her great head. Job. Like as soon as she pops her head back inside of Nekamaro to get back to like fiddling with wires, their expression immediately goes back to furious at Seikai. It's a great <laughs> bit of acting. And so I think this is where Enra Enra sees them and he's like, oh no, if they manage to invent a solar car, like I'm boned. Well, okay, that like, happens I can't... in a second because what happens now is that Nekamaro just starts driving. Oh, that's right. And Seikai so is like, just oh, goes. no, no, you need to come back. The other four don't chase. It's just Seikai running after it. They kind of half chase after Seikai, saying, like, this is just like him. But Nekamaro is long gone. And Maiko is thrilled. Like, she is, she's like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. It's this big truck. We're going so fast. Like, you guys, we did it. We have solved, we've solved the problem Solar cars, wave of the future. Like, we did it. We did it. Nobel Prize for Maiko. Great job. So as they're driving, like, they kind of, I think they sort of end up accidentally sneaking up on Enra Enra because he doesn't seem to notice them. Um, yeah, I he think does it's not. Because I Nekumaru... theorize. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I theorize they can sneak up on him because Nekumaru does not produce exhaust. Yeah, and so that is sort of like how he gauges where cars are, I guess. And maybe if it's maybe. like if the engine isn't running, then the car is running quietly. Like if you've ever had a Prius move next to you and you get really worried because you think like, oh my gosh, where did that car come from? Yeah, it's a weird moment. So, but he, as he like gets, he gets back up because sorry, Nakamura hits Enra Enra. He gets back up. He's like, what's going on with that car? He realizes, he's like, well, that is definitely a car, and there's definitely no exhaust. And that's when he gets, I jumped ahead, this is when he gets, like, super angry. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, I can't go back to that. I can't go back to house fire smoke, not house fire. Fireplace smoke, that's a different thing. I can't go back to fireplace smoke. I'm too deep in. I'm too deep in on the exhaust. He's angry, and he almost seems, like, hurt and offended. Like, they're going to starve me. How could how could you? How could you do that to me? I'm such a nice guy. Enra Enra, like your buddy. So, <laughs> so we're back we're back at the lab. We're back at the lab the shed. and let's 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 stop shed. calling it a lab. Listen, man, I'm just it's okay. So they're back at the shed and everybody is completely fooled. Everybody's like, oh yeah, this is it. This is so incredible. We did it. We did it. Like, the boys are, like, jumping up and down. Like, Banzai! We did it! All our dreams have come true. And Seikai is just, like, he he shows up. I did want to point out, one of those kids does have, like, a real intense tool belt, which is pretty rad. So Seikai shows up, because he's been chasing them on foot, completely exhausted, can't talk. And he starts to say, like, you guys, uh, well... Mm. And he gets kind of that far, and Enra Enra just shows up and teleports on top of Nakamaru and just starts trashing the solar panels. And he's like, I will destroy the solar panels, and this will never be the thing, which 
Enra, Enra, like they would still have, they could build more, dude. They have the plans, I would assume. On the other hand, Dave, when you go out driving on the street today, do you see solar-powered cars? Uh, I don't. Th- this was this is, this is why. Enra, Enra took care of it. He opposed solar cars, he broke these three panels, and that's it. That's the best, yeah, that's very definitely the most reasonable explanation for why there aren't solar cars. Hey man, Occam's Razor, right? So, did you just say Occo's Razor? Because that would have been really funny. That would have so, been really funny. I don't think I said that. So, Seikai's like, no, Enra, Enra. And he jumps up and he starts fighting with Enra, Enra. And Enra, Enra, like, he doesn't want to fight. He just wanted to destroy those solar panels. So, once the solar panels are trashed, he teleports out. Hey, Dave. And when they fight, sorry, they fight for a minute. I was, I was going to say, uh, I, I, I hate to interrupt, and I know that you're starting to feel ill. That is not what happens. Just help me out here, man. I am uh, fading fading quickly. Okay. So they're fighting on the roof, and Enra Enra sort of knocks Seikai off. And Seikai says, like, stop destroying it. The car isn't um, solar-powered. I just asked Nekamaru to help us because, like... Uh, you know, like, the, the, it seems like of, it would make them happy. I happen to have this magic car, which, by the way, no one reacts to that. Like, oh, you yeah, just they're... asked your magic cat car to do us a favor? Like, that is <sighs> never a consideration of, like, well, that's kind of weird, Seikai. They just immediately, yeah. like, accept this fact. Uh, <laughs> um, so they start so... trying to fight again. Um, and Seikai goes to pull out his um, Doron Changer, but Enra, Enra hits him with a numbing gas, which is just like a, you know, like a, help me out here with the word, Dave, you know, like if you go Anesthetic? into... Anesthetic? Yes. So, he is unable to, like, use his fingers, like, because they're all numb, to actually use the Doron Changer, so he can't change. So he's in trouble. And then the other four rangers show up, save him. Well, save him for like a second. And then Enra Enra blows them up again. And then he leaves. <laughs> um, yeah, so he is out. And then what we see then is Seikai. Where the other rangers go, I don't know. Because all we see is Seikai in the solar shed and he's all, like, bandaged up, and he feels super bad. Well, where Enra, like, guys, where Enra Enra goes is he goes on a rampage. Did you forget? So he goes on, he goes out to the streets, Enra Enra does. And he has two gases that he's using. He's got his laughing gas, and he's got his crying gas. Um, And he just switches back and forth between his laughing gas and crying gas on a loop for what seems like five minutes as he's just making the people on the street laugh and cry. And it, like, it, it does is, not it's seem not... to be harming these people. He's just he... messing with them for a very <laughs> long time. It's not a full, it's not like a full five minutes, but he definitely switches back and forth at least five or six times. <laughs> okay, he's not doing anything. He's literally just like laughing gas, crying gas, laughing gas, crying gas. Which I think does that make Enra Enra like the pettiest monster we've seen so far? Maybe. I mean, He's... listen, there ain't there, there's no petty like a like a Goma tribe petty, but 
he might be the most petty of the yokai we've seen. Oh, yeah, I had forgotten about Gara. Gara is definitely the pettiest monster. Enra, Enra. Second. Sort second of, sort place. Sort of up there. Sort of up there. Up um, there, high on that scale of pettiness. So anyways. So the four, now the four other Cocker Rangers show up to confront him, and they say, like, ah, you'll be the one who cries. And they start to go to a fight, and then we hop back to the shed where we see, like, the totally beat-up Sekai, like, sulking. And he's like, he's he's like, guys, it feels so bad. A, that, like, I tricked you. And B, that now Enra Enra has destroyed what solar technology you had. Like, I just, I don't know what to do. He says, but I've got to go fight. I I have to go fight. And Michael's like, no, Sekai, you're too, like, you're too injured. And then he, like... He turns it up to 11. It's incredible. Like, there's some music that starts in the background, the words of which I will tell you in a minute. And he says, no, I am a ninja warrior. Like, my my destiny is to fight. Maiko, you are a Lady Edison. And then he like, turns to the guys and is like, boys, you are little Edisons. You must never forget your inventor's spirit. You must never then- <laughs> forget the inventor's heart. It's oh. And he... Seikai, sometimes you are like a character, characterless blob around which this show exists, but this week you brought it. And so he like turns away dramatically and Maiko like runs up and puts her hands on his shoulders and like hugs him. She's like, no, Seikai. He's like, no, you must be inventors. The words of the song, by the way, that someone is singing in the background are duty and sentiment if we put them on the scale Duty is heavier in the real man's world. She sees the spirit in my mind so well, roaring on my back, the peony lions. Yeah, dudes. I don't. The, yeah. the last line does not make any sense to me, but the duty and sentiment weighed in the scales. And, so, and like this, like I, I don't the, have the music God. to play for you right now, but if you just imagine those words and this scene and imagine the kind of music that is playing, you got it. Like, it is exactly the yeah, music that you, you think. Yeah, you nailed it. And so, Maiko and the kids are, like, back in the shed, and they're just like, no, Seikai! It's like, guys, you literally met this dude maybe earlier this morning. And then Seikai, this is the button, Seikai walks out of the shed, closes the door behind him, and says to himself, mm, maybe I made that exit a little too dramatic. And then he tries to put on his coat and his arm is still hurt. He's like, wow, my arm! It's, it is <laughs> such a good, like, comedy moment in this show. <laughs> we go back to Maiko for a second and she, like, is thinking and she hears Seikai's voice and he says, don't forget the heart of the inventor. And she says, inventor, it's a smoke monster. And then we're, we're done with that part. So we cut back to, to the fight. an industrial yard full of cement pipes. You know, that place that we go sometimes. And the other four Kaki Rangers are all fighting Enra Enra. And Seikai shows up and he's standing on top of a pile of industrial junk. And he says like, ah, now I'm here. And he jump kicks Enra Enra and then he flips back on top of the pile of stuff. And he like super hangays and jumps into the fight and then immediately gets his butt kicked. Yeah, that's, he cannot handle it. So, because <laughs> he can't, because he can't hit smoke. So, while they are trying to figure out, the Rangers are trying to figure out what to do, Maiko runs up 
and she has invented something. And what she has invented is a vacuum cleaner. Yeah. So it is just, it is it, literally a vacuum cleaner that they had in the shed. Well, it's, it's cordless. She says, she says it's a cordless super vacuum. It's a shop vac. And so, <laughs> and so they like, what they do is they go to hit Enra Enra and he phases and like turns into gas and then they turn the vacuum cleaner on and just suck him into the vacuum cleaner. And I'm not, okay, here's the deal. At first I was going <laughs> to make fun of him pretty hard about this, but then I remembered this last week I watched the most recent episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. And I know you're not caught up on it, so I'm gonna give, but I'm going to spoil this for you a, a little bit, Matt is Nitro. Nitro shows up. Oh, the okay. Exploding Man. Yeah. And they they do literally the exact same thing. Like, they get Nitro to explode himself, and then while his atoms are, like, dispersed, and before he can reform himself, they just suck him into a giant vacuum cleaner, effectively. It's like a bathysphere with a vacuum on one end. Well, that's also how Spider-Man beat Sandman in their first encounter. Like, literally, he yeah. got him to disperse into sand, and then he vacuumed him up. Yeah, so I guess we can't actually fault Super Sentai for this too, <laughs> too hard. No, and also because still it doing does this. work. Yeah, no, it super works. And then the... He is like, well, fine, I'll just use giantism. So he turns into a giant, and that breaks the vacuum... And every, like, Maiko and the kids freak out. They're like, oh, no, and they run away. But then the Kakuranger's like, well, now we know what to do. He's giant. We're going to summon our dudes. Oh, first, Seikai says, um, every failure is a step on the road to success. Um, which which I, is just good. Which is good. That's just solid, man. That's just solid advice. Well, you know, he's also, he's talking to science kids. He's like, you know, we, we had a hypothesis. We tested it. Uh, it didn't work, so now we got to move on. Scientific right. method. Now, our our next hypothesis is that if we hit him with a giant flaming sword the size of a building, he will die. Let's test that hypothesis. So they move. They move. Jump directly to summoning Muteki Shogun. So they summon Muteki Shogun. Muteki Shogun is here. He goes back to, and he just like opens up with flaming sword. And I was just like, oh well, that's it. But it doesn't work for the first because even as a giant. Ever. For the this is incredible. For the first time ever, flaming sword is not a one shot kill because even as a giant, Enra Enra is still gas. Yeah. Now, I do should feel he like maybe, maybe it should have ignited because him? he's made out of gas and there's a fire sword. Yeah, possibly. Yes, but should've. let's just keep moving. Yeah. And so it doesn't work. Like it's amazing. And then Enra Enra reforms and he hits Miteki Shogun with crying gas. And I guess it is enough gas to get into, like, the inner works and affect the rangers. And then, guys, if you've never seen a giant castle-themed Sentai robot do its best to mime crying, I'm going to go ahead and say, like, there's a degree to which you haven't truly lived. Okay, here's the best part of this, is that he's trying to do that bit where, like, you rub your eyes when you're crying in a cartoon, right? But yeah. the thing is that Muteki Shogun's arms are so giant and were never designed to be able to reach his face that he cannot reach his face. And so he's doing that motion, but he's about like only three quarters of the way there, just rubbing his hands in the air against <laughs> nothing. <laughs> um, so 
So he is... So they try. And then Muteki Shogun just literally disappears. Like, he can't handle the laughter. And he just... He just disappears. And the rangers fall to the ground. So they are obviously concerned. Because this is the only time this has ever happened. Um, But out of nowhere... The, the 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 young Edisons reemerge with a new technology. And this is an actual like technology thing that they invented. It's not just a piece of junk that they grabbed from their shed. Yeah, this what they've done is very clever. It, they have somehow made a cold generator because what you can, if you get gas cold enough, it w- liquefies and then solidifies. But you could do this. This is a thing you can do to gas. Hey, Dad. Um, I, I, so, our, our, but guys, our dad does like liquid hydrogen for a living. That is, that is, he is not just saying "Hey, Dad" in sort of a general sense. He's specifically talking to our dad. Just so you oh, know. Oh yeah, our specific biological father who is like a liquid hydrogen engineer. And so, and we do a Super Sentai bro- brothers podcast so you know like father like son yeah you know we've all we've all got our accomplishments oh wait a minute dad's been on the show you guys have met dad oh yeah since my father and so anyways so they do manage to they do manage to freeze and Enra. like they get him so cold that he solidifies and is and then becomes wrapped in saran wrap well i mean that's that's basically what ice is yeah and then so they summon the Josho fighters again and then they do giant Kaku Ranger Ball, which is just Kaku Ranger Ball, but giant. Sure, which I loved. And as I was watching, I thought, I bet Dave hates this. I just, listen, I'm growing to embrace Kaku Ranger Ball. It is super dumb, but I'm going to deal with it. But what I like about it so... when it's giant Kaku Ranger Ball is that it's the same thing, except that it's giant size. And so the Kaku Ranger, the exploding Kaku Ranger Ball itself is roughly the size of a house. Yeah, uh... And that's great. <laughs> and so he explodes and his final line is, I'm gasifying, which, which like, dude, you kind of, that's like your whole thing. You do that a bunch. So I don't know. Anyways. So we cut from there to what might be the next day. They have reaffixed the solar panels to the roof of the old golf cart and Seikai and... Maki? Mako? Mikey. Maiko. Mikey. So Seikai and Mikey are driving around together. I don't know what is it is with me, with names of like side characters in this show. I used to be a lot better at it, and maybe I just <laughs> need to start taking better notes. But they are driving uh, around, and it is now clear to me that neither of them know how to drive. Yeah, they are not sure what to do, but at the solid like five... Solid five minutes, or solid five miles, and man, I am. So they're moving. I'm just about gone here, dude. Miles an hour, and Sekai tries to put his arm around her. She does not seem to be into this, and then they just start driving erratically all over the place, causing the three young Edisons and the four remaining Cocker Rangers to just run away from this wild, out of control barely moving golf cart. And that is the end of our episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, the riddle that the narrator gave us for the end credits, 
was uh, what is a type of gas that you can eat? The answer, asparagus. That's appalling. Yeah, no, it was pretty awful. But I had to watch it, and so I am sharing it with you, the listeners. Dave, that is the end of our episode. But before we leave, where do you think that Enra Enra ranks on our Super Sentai Brothers Creature Royale? Okay, so first of all, I think Enra Enra has a great look. Mm -hmm. I think he looks very, very cool. Especially considering that he's a gas monster. And like, how do you turn that into a concrete thing? I thought they did like a really neat job. So it's, uh, I think he's got a neat look. His plan, I don't, I don't know what his plan is. As far as I can tell, it is just to use gas on people. And so in that regard, he is very successful. Sure, low ambition, high success. Yeah, well, you know, listen, man. Set your sights a little bit lower. Focus on some achievable goals. Sure. Baby steps. Climb that ladder. That's how the world works. So in that regard, Enra Enra, both super successful and not a bad life lesson. Yeah, very practical. So I'm thinking like top half at least. Also, he I, dodged the Mateki Shogun. He's the first guy to that is true. Not get beaten by Mateki Shogun. That's huge. So I'm looking around. Oborogumara, Kukigan, the Shooting Doji Brothers, Sarugami, the Ninja Monkey. Okay, well, I didn't like him as much as the Ninja Monkey. I didn't like him as much as the Ninja Monkey. Okay, here's a question. Shiraniri, the Ragman, not the Ragman, the Rag. Sure, not, yokai we're, we're not talking from, about the Tattered yeah. Mammalian of Justice. We're talking about yeah. the Yokai from this show. And so Shiraniri, also hella petty, more or less, I think this is going to come down to pettiness, more or less petty than Enra Enra. Ooh. Well, they were both really mad about, like, recycling and environmentally being environmentally conscious. True. I think... I think Shiraniri is the pettier of the two. Only on the idea that, like, Enra Enra's thing is, like, semi-legit. Like, oh, no, we we should get rid of, like, we should not have exhaust coming out of our cars that would be ideal where Shiraniri is just like I ate nice cloves <laughs> <That's> <laughs> screw true. you guys that is true and I do so and I I think I do like Enra Enra better than ooh do I like him better than Lieutenant Shiryu from Die Ranger <gasps> I don't know if I do Lieutenant Shiryu is actually pretty rad okay. but I do like him better than Pachinko Master yeah and Pachinko Master is right below Lieutenant Shiryu so let's drop him between Lieutenant Shiryu and the Pachinko Master, that puts him at number 24 on our list. So there he goes, man. And I think that's it for another episode. Yes, that is going to do it for another episode of A View to a Cocker Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. You want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things we're talking about on Twitter, we are at Bros. If you like the show, and I hope that you do. Please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Please rate and review us on iTunes. That is what's going to help new people find the show. 
Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To listen to all the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, go to RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we're the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. We'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.